0: Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We're really glad that you are here listening to this episode. And we would love it if you would go leave a rating and review for us. That does a couple of things. It helps other people find the Student Ministry Podcast as they search through the podcast atmosphere for these kinds of things. And even more importantly than that, it lets us know how we're doing so that we can continue to improve the podcast for you student ministry leader and student pastor so we want to make sure and continue to get better for you uh, as we provide this podcast so that helps us do that i'm your host ben trueblood and we are here with producer nathan as well what's up doing all right today yeah how about you i'm good i'm good i am uh, especially excited to introduce our guest today Ollie Treat is joining us from the Tulsa area of Oklahoma. I want to tell you a little bit about Ollie, because he uh, came into student ministry a little bit differently than, I think we could describe it that way, right, Ollie? A little differently than others, perhaps?
1: Most assuredly, a little bit differently, at least. Yeah. Yes.
0: So, Ollie was uh, born and raised, like I said, Tulsa uh, area, broken area, broken arrow area of Tulsa, um, and, you know, just... Living, living his life. Uh, Jesus came into his life at 40 years old, so came to know Christ at 40, uh, yep. and changed his life completely. Ollie began attending church, attending church led to volunteering in the church's Celebrate Recovery ministry, led to volunteering in the student ministry, uh, went back, completed a bachelor's degree at Oklahoma State. Uh go Cowboys, right? Is that yes. that's their Go Bo. <laughs> go Bo- Uh so we could talk about uh Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC a little bit later. Mm-hmm. We could and see how an Oklahoma yeah. State fan feels about that. We can we could get into that.
1: I, I have very little to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's went horrible. back,
0: got a business management uh degree, followed by a master's of divinity degree from Midwestern Seminary today. He serves as the middle school ministry leader at Southern Hills Baptist Church. So, serving on staff there, leading the middle schoolers, he and his wife Erin uh, have four grandchildren and spend as much time as they can with them. So, man, that's a lot that happened after forty.
1: It is. Um, it uh, you know, I, I saved up a lot of energy for the first forty years <laughs> of my life. So I, I was able to spend it all. Um, it, it's it's just you know, it's 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 a it's jesus christ you know it it radically altered my life made me radically uncomfortable there was no comfort zone anymore to even look back and, and locate and i i was serving in celebrate recovery they asked if they needed student volunteers and of course i i I always say I'm not much, but I'm all I ever think about. I thought they were speaking directly to me, of course. And, <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, I'll go over there and help them out. And and I tell you, Ben, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, being around those kids had such a different and fulfilling, um, it wasn't a feeling, it was an experience. And it was a, it was a, a, just a knowledge that this is, this may be where I'm supposed to be. And that, that I, I quit my job. I went and got a job that I could go to school with. And it was it was a radically altering experience in a pretty pretty short amount of time. So it's been wonderful.
0: So now, uh, obviously I mentioned serving as a middle school pastor there at the church, uh, but I want to back up from there and look at sure. just kind of the salvation story and see, you know, came to know the Lord at 40. And I don't want to assume too much, but the first place you started serving in was Celebrate Recovery there at your sure. church. So. I'm doing a little bit of putting things together to, to put your story together, but I'd love to hear it from you.
1: Sure. You can assume correctly. Um, I, I was almost a cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had developed some wonderfully destructive habits. Mm-hmm. I'm living very much in the world. Um, and at the age of 37, I was out of options. I was actually jobless, carless, and homeless mm-hmm. at the age of 37. And I went into a recovery center the man who served as my first mentor in life, looking back at it now, we didn't we didn't label it, but he did, was a was a, a, a believer. and he walked me through. he would leave the Bible marked on my pillow. I, I ended up living there for five years. And so this man and I became very good friends. and he would leave the Bible for me and and just kind of passively lead me, encourage me to, to begin reading scripture. And one day, the holy spirit moved and and i was i was moved and compelled to to ask god into my heart and i did it with the help of this man um, through no specific through no specific um, encouragement of his own at that point in time it was i instigated it and from then on i began attending church more um, and, and eventually saw that my life the the, the life that recovery center as a live in staff member was kind of a monastic life that that required a lot of a lot of um, of commitment, mm-hmm. and I couldn't be committed to both my church and to, to the place that I where I'll always have wonderful. It's the Howe Foundation Men's Recovery Center in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. It was a place that had an atmosphere that allowed me to change my life and allowed God to change my life. I loved it, but I couldn't do both. Yeah. So eventually, I began serving in my church and saw that I wasn't going to be able to serve both entities fully. And that led to me um, resigning from there as a staff member, going back to school, and, and doing the things that you've already said. So that, it, it was very much, and, and of course, of course, the first ministry that I felt comfortable in was a ministry like Celebrate Recovery, where it is truly, all churches wanna to, want to say that we are come as we are. Different churches achieve that at, at different levels, I would yeah. say, and that's yep. my personal opinion, that's my, my experience. Our church uh, was the first Celebrate Recovery in Oklahoma, and it's it's kind of the mothership of Celebrate Recovery in Oklahoma. It's it's got a thriving ministry, and being in that and being encouraged to lead led to um, Kelsey, who who is still my coworker today, asking for volunteers, and that's the story Mm -hmm. of what I already said. When when she stood up, I'd been serving as a CR volunteer for probably two or three years, and she stood up and said they really needed help with the kids, and I thought, very arrogantly well I'll, I'll go help him out you know <laughs> I'll, I'll, I like Kelsey I'll go I'll go help him out and and that that was that led to two or three years of serving as a student I, and I was doing both as a, a, a student volunteer student ministry volunteer and CR and gradually just transitioned over I just couldn't get enough of it um, yeah. I, I just couldn't get enough it was wonderful so that's that's the that's the shortest version of my story um, up to this my 52nd year that, that I can tell yeah
0: So you've, uh, came to the Lord at 40, uh, 52 years old doing middle school ministry. And I want to, I want to dive into that specifically here in just a little bit, but before we get there, uh, I think this is a belief that I have that God, even, even the messy parts and, and sometimes especially the messy parts of our story, God uses to prepare us for things that are coming up, uh,
2: it's, Absolutely.
0: it's him taking things that were meant for evil are meant for harm and turning mm-hmm. them into things that are, that are good. Uh, Absolutely. certainly that, you know, certainly he doesn't desire that we go out and do those things just for, just for those experiences, Right, but can use them. Sure. So
1: how, it's like Paul, the, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's yeah. like Paul, if, if we, we're out sinned to, 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 to receive grace. Yeah. But, but it's but it's still it, he does use the bad for good. absolutely.
0: yeah. So how has uh, the first part of your life helped you and prepared you now for the story that he's writing through you in, in working with middle schoolers and families?
1: Sure. so <clears throat> the biggest thing, and uh, I don't I don't say this to too many parents until I get to know them well enough. The <laughs> biggest thing that it has done for me. is is perspective, perspective, perspective. All of this, for lack of a better term, all of this for me personally is gravy, is things that I shouldn't have been able to do, things that I shouldn't be allowed to do, things that I shouldn't, that I certainly don't deserve. And I don't mean that I learned that at church that none of us deserve anything. I mean, I have worked very hard to destroy my life and, and God just wouldn't allow me to. So that Lynn, that gives me the perspective of no matter what Billy has done or no matter what you're concerned about, Billy, it's not as big a deal as you're probably afraid it's going to be. And we can talk with this. We can talk through this together that has been the biggest help but i don't hit people with that up front yeah <laughs> i can yeah i don't hit them with hey no matter what your kid does i'm not really going to be upset about it that's not <laughs> that's not,
0: that's that's, not, that's that's not the I sixth grade it. sixth grade welcome no. event. yeah
1: no but it but that's in, in reality and in practice uh, that's what it that's the biggest part um that my past life and also i am absolutely unequivocally no exceptions shockproof. Mm. I am shockproof from anything a child tells me about their parents. I'm shockproof from anything an eighth grader tells me about what they're experimenting with or thinking about. Um, I have I have been around it or experienced it myself, whether or not I divulge that is a, a matter of judgment. Right. Um, right. But I, it does allow me to receive it with with calmness, there, there's a better word there but I can't think of it right now, but it allows me to receive it without being completely freaked out, whereas someone who grew up in the church and takes that more typical path might hear things that they have literally never thought of right. or at least only thought that happened on, on you know, in a, in a 16 block area of, 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 of an inner city or something, you know, these, these things are not, yeah. they're not as um, they're not as, our children are not as sheltered as we would like to think they are and, and, and I know that, yeah. um, I didn't grow up in a rough house. I, these are all choices that I made and sin natures that I ignored the severity of uh, growing up. I, I, I carved this, this, this rough path for my path for myself. And I, I see other kids doing that occasionally, not too many yeah. that have church as a background, but it happens. And when it does, that served me very well.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I want to talk to about just the transition of serving as a volunteer to moving into a student pastor role. Now you did that yeah. at the same church. Uh, yes. and so you, you volunteer in there and then now serving as the, as the middle school pastor and leading that middle school ministry. Um, what was that transition like? And specifically, I would love to hear advice that you would give to student pastors around how they lead volunteers. Cause you've seen that from both sides, right? You've, you sure. were the volunteer that received the leadership. And now you're in the other seat and you're the one giving it. So I'd love to hear, again, from the advice to the student pastor on how to have that relationship.
1: Sure. So I remember reading somewhere, uh, and I don't remember where, um, uh, that, that, uh, that a student ministry, you guys probably know where it was, is exactly as good as its volunteers. And I was a volunteer when I read that. And I thought, I don't know if I agree with that. But I, I do have the, uh, the, uh, the uh, I'm predisposed to shirk responsibility. So I, I when I was reading as a volunteer, I was like, well, that's not all on me. I think that, you know, if Zach's bad at his job, I, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to tell you something. As a student pastor, I know that that's true. Yeah, I know. I have also learned that uh, unfortunately or realistically, I shouldn't say unfortunately, we kind of have to work with what we're given. You know, I have an ideal youth uh, volunteer in mind, but I'm not always able to to uh, to achieve that. And mm-hmm. so, it what what I would say this is the first thing that I learned as a volunteer is that I absolutely loved loved Zach's utter availability. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to model that as a youth pastor. I would not know how, I don't think I would know because I see it in other words. Listen, I understand, appreciate, and value um, the the healthy boundaries, a work-life balance, but I stand by my statement being utterly with very few exceptions available to my volunteers has been invaluable to me, and I wouldn't have known that so early on. I wouldn't have known that uh, unless I'd upset a few people along the way (laughs) Well, why would they upset? Well, I could never get a hold of you. Well, I was off. You know, well, you know, I still couldn't get a hold of you. I learned that from being a volunteer. That's the first big thing that I would say I learned is for me to be as available as I as I can be. I love that I love being the person that they know, that -hmm. they can text or call, and man, if I can, I'll answer it. You know, and I but, but I can't teach someone to enjoy that. I happen to enjoy it, which helps me to know that that's God uh, affirming me. Yeah, That, hey, you're doing the right thing. I can't teach someone to enjoy that. I can teach them how valuable it was to me, but I can't advise them on how to, to learn to, to enjoy that because some people simply don't. Right. Some people need to be able to unplug, and that's healthy, you know? But I, I, I don't, at least from a communications uh, point of view. So, if that's a struggle, that may be a sign that 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 may be something you want to look into uh, to consider doing something different because I answer texts unless I'm asleep or driving. I think that's it. We're recording recording this. I never answer a text when we're,
0: (laughs) yeah, we're safe all the time.
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely.
0: One of the things I, I think it's important that you mentioned there is kind of the personality piece of sure. this and and you mentioned like hey this is something that i do that i also enjoy doing like this right. is who i am as a person already which leads you to have that kind of approach so for somebody sure. that does, that may need that communication unplugging time you know you've you've got to know your own strengths your own weaknesses you got to know what you need so that you can continue to function
1: that's right. That's right. And, and 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 ironically, if I am that person, I think it can be fine. But ironically, not ironically, but fittingly, it comes back to, again, communication. I need to be able to convey that in the clearest of terms yeah. to my volunteers. Listen to me. I am 100 percent on from this to thus, but from from this to us, I am going to be with my kids and my family and I can't do both and be completely there for them. So I need, I need, uh, the business part or the, the, the communication parties to take place between here and there. And I think that's completely fine, but I have to communicate that about my communication availability Yeah. or it doesn't work. And, yeah. and, and, and I, no, nothing I say here, Ben and, and Nathan is, is new or inventing a wheel. But if, if the people listening to this are are like, well, we've heard this before you're hearing it again because it's true. And because it works Um, because I, I I have learned what doesn't work. (laughs) The other thing, um, the other thing that the, the two big things that I would say that, that, that my unique perspective of being a volunteer and then becoming a student pastor, the first one was, was the, the, being just truly available. The second thing is this is I cannot communicate too many details to my people. I have walked in, and I, I won't tell you his name, but his initials are Zach Working. I, <laughs> I have walked into his to his um, Sunday morning before when he had changed things because he's he's as creative and spinning in the mind in a wonderfully large mind, a person that I've ever met. But the the programming had changed, the the the, the format had changed, and I didn't know. And I walked in, and, and it's the Maya Angelou thing where she says "They, you know, you might not remember this or this, but you always remember how someone made you feel. I remember feeling completely discombobulated, mm-hmm. not knowing where I was needed, not even knowing if I was needed that morning. Simply, and it was not that big of a change. It was pretty subtle, but it freaked me out, for lack yeah. of a better term. And I never want that for my mm. for. My for my people, uh, for my volunteers, I tell them everything. And it also, when I do that, it also invites collaboration, which I I don't know how long an answer you want here, but I've got more on that matter. But if, if we need to move on to another question, that's good too.
0: Man, I would love to hear more because I think the collaboration between student ministry staff and volunteers is really important. And I've seen a lot of student ministries where it's student staff saying here go do these things and there's not that collaborative back and forth so I actually would love to hear hear you talk about that because I think it's really important
1: so I learned something that works really well for me completely by accident I um I knew that I had to have relationship um everything everything we do we, we work with people of course it stems from relationships so I set about doing the things that I saw other people do to make relationships. And they work. They're wonderful. I'm one-on-one coffee with guys, one-on-two or a few coffee with, with the female volunteers that I have, um, depending on your church policy. Uh, what, you know, I, Doing those things, texting nonstop, texting a lot with these people because they have questions, because most of them are parents, which means that most of them are frightened, even if they don't mm-hmm. want to use that word. They are concerned. Let's use concerned. That sounds like a more parental yeah, word. That's right. I learned from watching Zach that I can strictly from watching my predecessor. I learned that I've got I'm gonna have either a really young, not a parent, youthful, exuberant, almost full of hubris even, but but in the best sense of that word, if there is a good sense of that word, volunteer, or I'm gonna have a parent. And I've learned that if I have the numbers, I could pair them together. Mm. And that makes a great balance for a small group, a great balance for a game because the young kid's going to participate and possibly let the kids hurt each other. The parent's going to go, hey, (laughs) hey, this this might not work (laughs) out. That's right. Um, And if I can't pair them together, then I try to look for somebody, and this is a little bit conceited or arrogant, but I'm okay with that. I try to look for somebody like me. I don't have a kid there, and I, I have life experience simply from being alive longer than you. But I happen to have a childlike disposition. I love this stuff, and I can't teach that, and not everyone has that. Not everyone even has that in their ministry to choose from, and that's okay. But all those things, so, so finding a person who is, who is older but, but, but fun, finding a parent who, who, who has skin in the game due to their mm-hmm. concern, or finding a young, youthful person who is, who is uh, theologically, biblically sound and, and just a good dude or, or, or just a, a, a nice young lady. Finding those things is all predicated on relationship. It just is. And so as I was doing all of the things that, that I saw my predecessor do, one day uh, our church is structured such that Wednesday night, uh, middle school and high school are separate. It's not the traditional Wednesday big party night Sunday, we're all together, and Wednesday, we're separate, okay. and I was supposed to have a training meeting. I honestly don't remember what kind of meeting, but I was supposed to have had it done by a certain date. Well, lo and behold, this Wednesday was that date, and I went, huh, I haven't done that. So <clears throat> by pure desperation, I, say, I called my volunteers, texted them, gr- a group text, and said, hey, can we meet? 35 or 45 minutes or 30 minutes early. It was just before the time. And, and I, you know, I, I used my codependency as a strength instead of a weakness. I didn't want to upset anyone. And I'm like, they all have to be there anyway. Can you just get there a little early? And they all said, sure. And you guys, that meeting was incredible. Mm. Um, what we did was we went over the stuff that I had to go over. It took like 10 minutes, but I sat there and watched the fellowship. I sat there and watched the, Hey, if, I can't get my sixth grade boys to shut up, and I'm going to punch one of them. Well, hey, let's not do that. And <laughs> and, and another, and I'm like, I, I don't really, you know, I uh, shot them down. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Well, then another male volunteer said, "You got to bribe them with candy, dude." And he, said, <laughs> no. and he was serious, and it yep. worked. If you don't, you don't, you don't give them the candy. You don't tell them the rules. You just start giving the candy to the ones that are listening and being respectful, and everyone will figure it out. And he said, You just do it passively. So if Tony's behaving, you Tony, would you like a Snickers? And then Billy says, I want a Snickers, and you just look at him and say, No, you can't have one. <laughs> I learned this from this accidental meeting. Yeah. So that is a permanent standing thing that I do every week. And you guys, I cannot, it's such a small deal and it's perfect. We know how we learn how to pray for each other. The the new volunteer doesn't have to feel weird. Um, they get in the group, and we shuck and jive with them. It's completely informal, and I do that absolutely every Wednesday, and and at least during school because in the summer we're outside a lot and we just mm. play. Um, but during school I have one of those, and that meeting is the strongest thing that I have learned to figure out who is good at what, who's, who has an opportunity to improve at what, and most importantly of all, that it's where I get to know them. Yeah. And once I get to know them, man, they and the, and and every week I started with, okay, today I'm going to talk about this. It's kind of a spinoff from what from what uh, the boss talked about on Sunday. I'm going to do this, this, and thus. and I think I'm going to play this game. And I, like four months ago, I said I'm going to play this game. I read about this. It looks awesome. I saw a video, and it just looks incredible. It's going to be the most fun we've ever had. And the lady said, oh. So yeah, we did that before you were here. And Katie, yeah, she broke both her teeth on the on the ground oh. and there's blood and there. So, you know, hey, it's time for an adjustment. You know, <laughs> and I wouldn't have learned that. I'd have just done that. Right. You know, I'd have just done it. And, and then the parents of people that are like legacy, they'd have been like, Well, they played that same game where they hurt that girl that last time, and he just did it. That's right. You know, and it would have been a And so those meetings are invaluable. And every sense of the word and every so so I changed that game another time that's when the candy came up I've already told you that was in the meeting and 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 I I learned when someone's like hey my wife's pregnant I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here don't tell everyone but I'm telling you guys it provides the opportunity for fellowship for intimacy on the the, in the platonic sense of the word Mm -hmm. um and and for just hey this works this doesn't work I'm going to kill Tommy Um, Betty's bad mouthing everyone in the group, you know, it, all that stuff gets taken care of on a weekly basis. And that's what that was, that's been still to this day in my two and a half years, that's been my best accidental, thank you, Lord discovery. And it came from desperation because I had to have a meeting. And so that's what I do every week. So yes, I still have training meetings. They check a lot of boxes for people, a lot higher up in staff for me, but The thing that I care about the most are these weekly little informal gatherings. And and I'm proud of it, probably too much. So simply because I didn't learn it from watching someone else, I happened upon it. So that's that's something that I, that's something honestly, I don't know uh, if anything in my past or even being on both sides of a volunteer ministry, uh, of a volunteer and then a staff member, I don't know how much that played into me thinking of this or coming up with this. But but I do know that, that that that's the way that I like to get to know my people. It's just a weekly meeting. It's like going out to lunch. Yeah, and they right. have to. Be there. Yeah, and they have to be there anyway. It's yeah. not a special time on their date, so. I love that. Anyway, I, yeah, that, it's, I, it's been great,
0: and I think that's something that is uh, easily implemented, uh, right? Regardless of your context, like there there are you know maybe it may not work every week for you, but maybe twice a month or. But think about right. that frequent FaceTime relationship time collaboration collaboration time. I think that's awesome, Ollie. I, you don't meet a lot of fifty-two-year-old middle school pastors.
1: No, no, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, Striker, I, I don't know how old he is. But, uh, you know, so other than that, you know, Yeah,
0: i, I man. I want to know. I want to know what the secret is. Like, what keeps you? What keeps you going? What keeps uh, so that? And I'll, I'll frame it kind of this way too uh, there's a false belief, a false narrative that the student pastor has to be the young, whatever, fill in the blank, right? Like that there's a certain mold. I don't think that that is accurate. And, and I'm looking at somebody here who saved late in life, went back to school, got a seminary degree, Jesus radically changed his life, went from volunteer to student pastor, and now is a 52 year old middle school pastor. So man, I I would just love to hear you talk about doing student ministry later in life.
1: Sure. So I would probably have to get a little creative with this answer because it boils down to, I cannot explain, defend, or rationalize how much I enjoy it. Hmm. Um, I, just, I, I love it. And so I'm just built this way. I love spending time with kids. And I I, I, I do, I can tell you things that I do, but I don't know where, or if I learned them, I don't know if I intuit them, or I don't know if, if I learned them. I take care to know what they're doing um, without, uh, you know, and when they tell me what they're doing, I try not to furrow my brow because I see their fathers do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, 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 they've got that. You know, they, they, they've they got that at home. Um I attend every single sporting event I can because it's awesome. And some of it, sometimes it's awesome just at how bad they are. You know, if you go to a little girl, <laughs> it's hilarious. They're just, they're, there's, and there's so much fun. And, and so many of them, our church is big enough, but small enough. It's big enough to, to warrant three, three people, but it's in our ministry, but it's also small enough that I'm allowed to go to a soccer game and there's nine of my girls out there, mm-hmm. you know, between the two teams. And it's just fun. And, and the, I, yes, I do that for parent buying. I do that because it's expected. I mean, but I mean, I enjoy it and I do it as much as I can without sacrificing time with my wife and my wife a lot of times comes with me so that I don't have to sacrifice yeah. time with her. I try to always make the kids laugh. I, I am, I am, uh, I I came up with this phrase while I was thinking about this, because someone else says, you know, how do you, how do you enjoy that? Well, bear in mind this, I'm a relatively new Christian. Um, You two have been Christians and and active in your church longer than I have. So it's still, so there's that. Mm -hmm. So that that doesn't serve much as uh, well in the way of advice for someone else, though, but I can tell you this: that I embrace the silly on a daily basis. On daily basis, it's not a stretch for me to be that way, at all. But I, I, I lose my voice every Wednesday, um, screaming and yelling with the kids, and, and not at them, but with them. <laughs> I, 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 I pop the water balloon in my hand. I- I fall out of the raft on the flow trip on purpose sometimes and try to make it look, you know, I'm certainly not above physical comedy. It always gets a, gets an immediate laugh. Um, those things help me with the kids and they also, you know, it, it's inevitable when, when a parent comes in and rightly so that they say, wait, there's a 52 year old man who does your middle school ministry and they, they want to meet me pretty, pretty promptly. Um, mm-hmm. And, and and being silly and disarming and self-deprecating, those things help them to say, "Oh, okay, he's just a, he's just one of those big kids. He's a kid at heart." And then, ironic not ironically, but then what's wonderful is because I'm older than them, my opinion about their kids sometimes even subconsciously means more to them, whether I've been a parent or not, or what no matter what my life experience is. They've got a dude with a gray beard with, with, a, with, a, with a degree from somewhere and something telling them that, that, that their kid is awesome. It means more than if somebody who's, who's 10 seconds older than their kid is telling you that their kid is awesome. It does. And so my age always is initially a hurdle mm. and it becomes an asset. But that's only true because it's connected with the silly. You know, you know. I, I have to be silly because otherwise they think, what is going is You see, he's either boring or this is a safety issue. You know, yeah. one of the two right. <laughs> yeah. so, and, and, and rightfully so rightfully so. So what is it like it? I, as long as I am, um, as long as I acknowledge that I am not, that I am atypical um, as long as I address the age the age thing, um, up front with them and say, Hey, you know, yes, I'm, I'm older than, than probably what you're used to dealing with, but I'd love to go to college. I'd love, you know, here's my number. As long as I embrace that and and they start to get to know me, they see that I'm just a big kid. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it hasn't been, it hasn't been an issue beyond just the initial shock to look on their face, which is, which is fun for me. (laughs) there's the middle school ministry leader and they're looking past me. They're thinking I'm like the lead pastor or something. They're looking, <laughs> they're looking past me for the kid. they're like, no, it's that dude right there. And I'm like, hi, you know, and yeah. um, once I get past that, it's, it's been wonderful. It's um, great. I, I, well, and I also, this, let me say this, let me say this about, say this about that as my father used to say, um, I don't, clearly none of us get into ministry for the money. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but I do know that as a young person, as a father, as the head of a household, as a spiritual head of the household, and as a as a very real world head of the household, there has to be some some practical considerations when when I'm in youth ministry and when other positions come up. If 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 I'm making X amount and 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 a position comes available that's x squared. I can't not consider that um, because of my family. I'm outside of all that. I don't have to worry about any of that. Um, I'm in a different different situation for mm-hmm. that. I'm not moving up the ladder. Okay. I right. I wanted to. I used to pray, God, if. I'll move if, if you want me to move to to work in a different ministry, but if you could if there's a position at SHBC, that would be really cool. and there was. there be, there came one open two months or three months before I graduated from seminary. Hmm. It was wonderful. And so I'm not I'm not moving on. I'm not I'm not building a resume and and please don't hear that as as um, as cynical as it sounds now that it's actually coming out of my mouth because it, it's that's very cynical. But I, I I don't have that consideration, and I think that a that a young person has to have that consideration. Yeah. I certainly would have. Yeah. The, so my gives me that in a big way. That's a big advantage to not worry. People, where do you see yourself in ten years? You know, wherever God puts me. But I'm going to go play dodgeball, and I'll talk to you later. You know? <laughs> that's my answer. To that. And so, and I can mean it. You know, right. I can mean that. You know. So, I love the way. Big,
0: yeah. And I don't think that's cynical at all. I think that's a very realistic point of view right. for different stages of life doing, a, doing a similar role. I, I absolutely don't think that's cynical. All it has been wonderful hearing from you today. And I'm so thankful that you've taken the time to, to be with us. I think there are things all throughout that episode that, uh, student pastors and student ministry leaders alike are going to walk away with something and saying, man, that, needed that today. Uh, and just to be Ooh. encouraged by you in general with how much you love the ministry that God has called you to, uh, it's, it's infectious. So thank you for spending the time with us today.
1: You bet, man. It's been great. It flew by.
0: It sure did. Well, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, hang right there, Nathan and I will be right back after this short message. Hey, I want to take just a second to tell you about launch 2021. It happens this coming Thursday if you are listening to the podcast as it releases. So August the 19th, beginning at 1 p.m. Central, streaming through the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel. This is a conference, but... We like to say it's much more than that. It is more like a conversation where we talk about the spiritual, emotional, and mental health of the youth pastor. So I want to invite you to be a part of this conversation on August 19th at 1 p.m. Central over on the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel. We have ministry practitioners speaking about these things as well as mental health professionals, and I think that it is going to be something that really benefits you. In addition to the speakers and the conversation that you're going to be able to have as a part of that, uh, we provide you with before and after resources so that you can help, so that we can help you create a plan and think about some things a little more deeply in regards to your own health. We exist here at LifeWay Students and this podcast and the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel, we exist to help you, to serve you in your ministry and as a person. And so we want you to be a part of Launch 2021 over on the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel, August 19th at 1 p.m. Central. You can also find out more at studentministry.lifeway.com launch 2021. If you happen to be listening to this podcast after that event, we have saved it on the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel, and you can go and watch the replay at your convenience. Well, Nathan, we had uh, an amazing conversation with Ollie. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy that. That was the first time either of us have like met him. Yeah, that's true. But it was really cool to hear mm-hmm. how to hear his story and how the Lord is using him. Fifty-two-year-old middle school pastor. That's right. I, that's my favorite phrase in student ministry today. Fifty-two-year-old yes, middle school pastor. What stood out to you about our conversation?
2: Yeah, I think one of the big things that stood out to me was just his passion for that ministry. Yeah, Like I liked how much he, he just said like, man, I don't have an agenda to go, you know, really to move on, to do something else. Like I'm just here for this right now. And this is what, he just loves it. Yeah, And he loves, he loves what he gets to do day in and day out. And I think that, I think sometimes we need to ask the question, you know, and get back to like, what, what is it, what God is in the student ministry? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we get discouraged, it's that we need to go back to what, what are we passionate about? I think, we, I think he's like, he's in an incredible spot cause he's taken, I think he's taken all those different pressures off of himself and it really lets him thrive in that moment.
0: Yeah. I agree that he, man, it was clear and it's not, he wasn't just saying he loves it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you listen to the podcast, uh, listening audience, it's obviously just audio. We're in, mm-hmm. uh, like we can see his face. Like he yeah. joins us via video and it's clear, man, he yeah. loves what he's doing. And I do think there is, there is strength that comes from an older person mm-hmm. being in that student ministry leadership spot in relationships. And it's just taken a different way. Now that don't hear me. That's not a knock against everybody. Who's not 52. Right. I'm not. If sp- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I do think there are some different things that come along with that. Uh, and so don't hear that as a knock against you. If you are young and in student ministry, we need you doing it too. And I guess what I would say to the listening audience is we also need you to stay in student ministry. I'm sorry. for a while
2: for a long haul. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To make sure now, you know, the story is different here because he started when he was four came to know the Lord when he was 40 mm-hmm. and volunteered and, has not been a student pastor all that long. Yeah. But, uh, I think it does speak a lot to like, Hey, we need some people that see student ministry as, as something that, that they stick with for a while. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that stood out to me too about that conversation was the importance of communicating well. Yeah. It's something we talk about a lot here, Mm -hmm. uh, is the importance of that communication and just making sure everybody's on,
2: Everybody's on the same page. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought I loved how he put, you know, how many student pastors, how many of us have been in there in the, oh, I forgot to plan for this meeting. I've got to do something, you know, and we yeah. throw it together last minute. And I'm sure everybody's like, no, that never happens to me. And we're all like, yeah, that's happened more than once. So, <laughs> uh, but I loved how he was like, man, it was with, you know, just Providence or whatnot. But that turned into a great meeting. Uh, but then it's awesome that he continued just to get there beforehand build that sense of community Yeah. because how many of our people are we just constantly asking for them or from them how much are we asking from them time wise and we don't really typically give them a chance to to give back or just kind of be a lot of them are stepping out of small groups sometimes to do this and so i think that that piece of communication relationships just what they've learned from each other it builds that sense of community it's the hey we are in this together it is that man middle schoolers can be tough you know like he said or like they won't be quiet or maybe it's you know what can you learn from other people that are doing it alongside you i think that was really good the last
0: thing i'll mention is he talked about i think uh her name was kelsey it's one of Mm -hmm. the other student ministry staff who went to some of the leaders that Celebrate Recovery and said, yep. hey, we're looking for leaders. So uh, just as an encouragement, some of you are gonna be listening to this and you're gonna be like, where do I find leaders? There are a lot of ministries in the church already. Now, you, know, you, can, go, you can go steal the best leaders from other ministries, right. you, you didn't hear it from us. That's kinda, we'll keep that a secret just between student ministry people, but uh, you can find them in a lot of places. That's true. This has been another episode of the student ministry podcast by Lifeway. Can't wait to see you next time.